0: This episode of The Gentleman's Brotherhood is brought to you in part by askanadjuster.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Gentleman's Brotherhood. I am your host, Juan Sepulveda, and today I'm very excited to be here with a good friend of mine, who I've known for close to a decade. And we've shared some very interesting conversations. Uh, the latest one was tonight on his podcast, Courage. Compassion and courage. Compassion and courage. I almost said courage and courtesy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's related to compassion in healthcare. His name is Marcus Engel. Marcus, thank you so much for being with me tonight. Pleasure to be with you. Thank you
1: for thank you for having me on the Gentleman's Brotherhood. And thank you for bringing me into your studio. Yeah, welcome. You are the very first interview that we've been able to do in my studio, other than myself and my wife. So thank you for being uh, here to help break in the facilities.
0: <laughs> I'm deeply honored. Um, if um, if you've followed my my other podcast, The Winding Stairs. You may remember a conversation I had with him uh, a few years ago, and it was titled, Out of Darkness. And the purpose for it, for it is uh, that Marcus is, uh, he's blind. One thing I, I really love about spending time with Marcus is that we have really meaningful conversations, like very stimulating conversations that, uh, the kind that, that you crave to have you know, with a friend, right? So if you want to hear the conversation we had uh, I encourage you to check out the episode I'll put a link in the description of our previous conversation but in, in the gentleman's Brotherhood uh, aspect I wanted to talk about the the aspect of compassion I've always been interested in your work uh, that ev- evolves around offering compassion and having empathy with other people but I I want to share with the with the listeners a little bit of the a little, background about, <laughs> a little background, a little bit of background, a little background, of of where, of where your affinity for compassion comes from. So, let's start by, if you can share very briefly, how you
1: became, how did you lose your your sight. So so, if we go back to kind of the beginnings, I'm, I'm a native of Missouri, and during my freshman year of college at Missouri State University, I came back into St. Louis for the weekend. Uh, friends and I went to a St. Louis Blues hockey game, and on our way home from that game, the car in which we were riding was broadsided by another car. Um, that crash not only caused Immediate, total, and permanent bilateral sight loss, so total blindness. Uh, but I also suffered what is called a Lafort 3 fracture. And Lafort 3 is a surgical term that pretty much means everything from the hairline through the chin was broken, crushed, pulverized, as one of the plastic surgeons. Uh, put it. So I went from being a typical 18-year-old college freshman into um, my life barely able to make it to the hospital, even though the closest trauma center was only three miles away. Oh. Um, I was I was still hurt badly enough that by the time the paramedics got to the crash site, um, I was starting to suffocate and the lead paramedic had to perform a procedure that is the absolute last ditch effort to try to save human life. Mm-hmm. And laying in that intersection, that, that medic made the, the incision in my throat, in my trachea, um, that is the reason that, that I'm alive today. Wow. So So going through some 350 hours of reconstructive facial surgery and all of this surgery took place at Barnes Hospital in St. Louis, now known as Barnes Jewish Hospital. But the emergency room is where my, my understanding of compassion was really founded. So they pulled me in from the crash site just a few miles away, the ambulance, Uh, rushed me to the emergency room, and that night in the ER, I I remember two things very distinctly. Number one was having all of my clothing cut off of me, and the second thing I remember was Jennifer. So every time that I I would awaken during the night, and I had the gift of unconsciousness, during that first night Mm. Um, I say it's a gift because whether it was shock or or narcotic induced I, I was unconscious but every so often I would just slam back into the world of the here and now and when I would wake up there was someone that was holding my hand this person every time she could tell that I was awake she would say Marcus my name is Jennifer you were in a car accident you're in the hospital. And then she said the, the two most compassionate words that I think any human being can say to another. And those words are, I'm here. Hmm. And I didn't even know where here was. But I knew that in this worst, most horrific, almost deadly moment of my life, I knew that I was not alone. And I, I, I now have the, the, the pleasure of speaking professionally around the country. I go to uh, nursing conferences and medical conventions and hospitals and healthcare systems. And I, I share these stories to remind nurses and docs and respiratory therapists and physical therapists and techs to remind them that that the greatest gift that any human being can give another is the gift of... Presence. Wow. When, when we have that ability to be present to another person's suffering, it's, it's, it's essentially what separates us from everyone else in the animal kingdom is that ability to be present. And I learned that from Jennifer. It was such a, a simple and yet so profound lesson that, that I, I feel like we all just need that reminder to be present. That's amazing. You know, mostly most of the times that we've talked about
0: being present in the Gentleman's Brotherhood conversations that we've had has been from a different context. It's been from the context of being present with your friends, uh, being present or paying attention to your children. And that seems to be a somewhat um, positive or everyday occurrence of being present. But you put this in a context of being present in one of a person's darkest moments and i think it's that that's where that compassion uh comes from being able to be there for someone at their most vulnerable at their most defenseless it 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 speaks volume for for someone's uh for someone's character to be there for someone
1: in in that moment of need it's it's such it's our it's the foundation of our humanity right? If, if another human being is suffering, we, we notice that suffering, we are aware of it, and then we, we, we respond to it. Um, I, I have the good fortune of also being an adjunct at University of Notre Dame, and I, I get to uh, instruct a course that's called the Pathos Project, uh, pathos being translation as suffering. And so these are pre-meds that we are we are teaching them the art of being with another human being. During how, how do how do these future doctors found themselves in human compassion and human human compassion science? Uh, how do they how do they how did, how does that really look? Mm-hmm. And so we give them opportunities. Uh, to reflect, to have personal reflections. We give them opportunities to listen to one another. Um, We give them opportunities to volunteer. And their entire education is based around what does it mean to be with someone else who is suffering? How do you you notice their suffering? You're aware of it. You're moved by it. And then how do you respond to that? It seems so simple, right? Mm -hmm. It's just so deeply human. And yet whenever we are able to look at it from a bunch of different perspectives, a bunch of different angles, um, we realize that there are so many different ways of, of doing this. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's being physically present. Sometimes, as we've learned through this pandemic, that we can't be physically present with one another, but we certainly have technological means. and and. Uh, I feel very present with many of my friends who I have not seen in years. I'm sure you feel the same mm-hmm, way. Absolutely.
0: During weather disasters, the value of having good home insurance coverage becomes apparent. But what happens if after years of paying for home insurance, you have to file a claim and receive an unjust response? That's when our friends at AskAnAdjuster.com come in. With over 15 years serving the Florida community, Ask An Adjuster makes sure that when you call upon your insurance company to fulfill their obligations, you are met with the fair treatment you deserve. Nobody wants to deal with insurance companies, but if you have to, you're not alone. Our friends at Ask An Adjuster are here to help. For details and to schedule a free home inspection, visit askanadjuster.com. Now, one of those points of view, one of those perspectives that you talk about that I quickly think whenever I'm I'm thinking about a professional in the medical field is being able to detach yourself from some emotions. So I I imagine there's a spectrum there. And, And of course, I can see someone who is very moved and very connected to the emotional side of helping someone. But you have the opposite end of the spectrum: someone who is trying to be completely unaffected by the emotion and being almost uh, clinical in, in in their approach.
1: How, what is the adequate approach? This this is a question and and a comment that I that I often hear from those who are bedside caregivers, whether it's in hospitals or, or clinics or long-term care facilities. Um, the question is, or maybe it's not even a question. I'll, I'll hear people say, you know, I had a patient years ago and I got so close to that patient. I knew that patient intimately. I felt like I was a friend with that patient. Um, I was friends with their family and that patient ended up dying mm-hmm. and it devastated me so bad that I will never get close to a patient again. And unfortunately, um, I, I don't feel like that that is, is necessarily widespread mm-hmm. across the healthcare industry because, because we know that, look, you can say that I don't feel but it doesn't mean that you don't feel true, right. True. We're we're going to feel these normal human emotions. We're going to feel um, affinity for uh, those that we're taking care of. We do this in our in our daily lives too. We we click with some people uh, more than others. And so how how then do um, how then do we stay compassionate while also not burdening ourselves emotionally unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. I realize that's a little bit of a, a clunky sentence, but how do how do you work at the job and then go home without taking some of the quote-unquote emotional baggage mm-hmm. from the job home? And that's where I feel like healthcare professionals really have to practice presence. They have to practice mindfulness, not just being there for another person but being there for themselves and Mm -hmm. taking the time to maybe before you drive home stop sit in your car for three minutes or take 10 long deep breaths before you ever turn the ignition Mm -hmm. try to be able to leave work at work so that when you go home you can be replenished and renewed by your your home life by your family life yeah.
0: You, you mentioned earlier in our previous
1: conversation,
0: you were talking about your response to someone. We were talking about um, whenever, let's say, for if there's a kid in your life who is behaving a certain way, I made the comment being empathetical to that child. Like, why is that child behaving that way? But you mentioned the the opposite side. You said, well, we'll think about you. What, what is it about what that child is doing that's triggering you? Having that presence of mind, that understanding of your own emotions, I think
1: it's, it's, it's something to aspire to. And, and I realize that I'm in a little bit of a different position because with the trauma that I suffered, as you can probably imagine, I have gone through a lot mm-hmm. of counseling and therapy and um, looking into the self right the self because the self changed right i i i i i my brain may have not changed but the way that i interacted with the world and the way that the world interacted with me most definitely changed due to the loss of my sight mm. so how then how how then do we do we do we take something that is so devastating and life changing well simply put, we can't change the past. Yeah. We can't change the past. All we can do is work with acceptance and gratitude, which we know that gratitude practices are a huge part of our, our daily happiness. And and to know ourselves better, to understand what what makes me tick, what makes me who I am. And is there a way that I can can better understand myself so that I can interact better in my relationships mm-hmm. um, with my wife, with my kids, with my grandkids. You know, it's it, it's all across the board when we know ourselves better. Uh, when we take that time to learn about ourselves, and maybe it's through counseling, maybe it's through uh, maybe it's through group discussion, maybe it's through uh, reading, even mm-hmm. uh, learning things about ourselves. I, I think that's that's always time that is well invested. That's that's great
0: because many times it's important for us to hear this. Like for me, it is important from a personal level to think, okay, there are resources outside of your own, uh, of your own self that can help you understand yourself better. It's almost like, okay, for me to know the inside of this house, I may need to go outside of this house and look at the surroundings to better understand it. That's how I feel about me. Uh, I tend to rely a lot on my own self, so I find it very useful to hear that kind of encouragement. Oh, sometimes you need to talk to a to a counselor or a professional, a sure, person pro- yeah, sure, who yeah, really absolutely. has
1: the the science behind it to back it up. And especially after this last couple of years of pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, this has been studied in depth about the. Uh, the 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 effects the long term uh, negative effects that the pandemic will have on our society and, and that's across all forms that's financial that's social that's yeah. uh, everything and what we know right now is that collectively we have gone through something once in a lifetime we certainly hope once in a lifetime extraordinary yeah. and it's it's also it's also left us uh, Maybe not necessarily feeling like there's a lot of compassion in the world. Uh, I, I I think we don't have to look very far to see that there is is a lot of divisiveness in in our society today. And I I know that you know there, there's there's an old hymn that uh, talks about let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. Wow. And I. I think of that in the way of compassion too. How can I, in my own life, whenever I get triggered by something foolish or ignorant that someone posted online, how, how can I look at myself and say, why is that making me so aggravated? Why mm. is that making me so angry? Why do I want to give this person uh, an in and it's me and yeah. and that's that's a, a bit of insight that i don't think i would have had um had i not gone through a lot of professional counseling too wow, Well, that's a, that's a great point
0: and thinking also uh, helps you understand okay first why is this person behaving this way how am i why am i reacting the way that i am but recognizing the fact that the one variable that you're in control of there is not the other person. It's just, it's just you.
1: It's you. It's you, right? And I, I love what Viktor Frankl, uh, you know, Victor Frankl in right. um, Man's Search for Meaning. Oh, yes. Uh, he has a quote and I hope I don't butcher, butcher it too bad, but he said, between the stimulus and, um, I'm going to screw this up, between the stimulus and the response, there is a pause. And in that space is where your power is. Wow. And I think of that often whenever I, like most people do, get triggered by something that I read online that I disagree with. And I have to keep coming back to, okay, if if I'm going to have a compassionate response to this, I have to look at this poster not as an enemy of mine or someone who thinks so differently from me, I have to look at this person and say, that's their understanding. Mm-hmm. That's their understanding or that's their experience or that's how they were taught. And when we start to, one, one of the, one of the things I really remind my audiences is, is the, the, the phrase hurting people hurt people. Yes. Hurting people hurt people, and when we when we when we understand that a lot of of things that we take as a slight or a diss uh, really are coming from another person's pain, it hopefully helps us reframe that experience to not take it as personally.
2: Let's face it. We're all intrigued by the mysterious symbols of secret societies, fraternal orders, and mystery schools. Over the ages, these discrete organizations have shared their secrets with only a select few. Today, you have an exclusive opportunity to join a modern secret society and become a guardian of the secrets. Secret Society's NFT is a limited edition collection of unique NFTs that serve as your key to gaining access to a modern secret society. By owning one of these NFTs, you become a founding ambassador and gain access to special events, a community treasury, and additional utilities. To unlock the secrets, visit secret NFT.
0: thinking about that we are hopefully in in a decline uh, of this pandemic we've lost over 700,000 people at this point if I'm not mistaken yes
1: just in America just Just in the U.S. yes that's
0: a great point Um, there is of course with all the bad that came a lot of people were lost a lot of uh, turmoil in the in the markets in the political spectrum. The political we went through exactly. an election cycle, yeah. But there's there seems to be, from my perspective, a blessing in disguise when it comes to us having a real world experiment of sorts, where we can look at all these variables in a very accelerated manner. So, where a healthcare provider, for example, might have witnessed the death of one individual every few months, for example, the acceleration that came with dealing with all these deaths back to back to back, back. there has to be a wealth of knowledge and, and experience there that can help us be better health
1: providers, be more humane, be more compassionate it's certainly trial by fire right it's certainly trial by fire because this has thrown us into a a system into an organism that is is still it's still moving Hmm. right it's it's still uh, it's still taking people's lives it's still taking people's health and and so I I think of it what what you said made me think about the advancements that we've had in medicine over the last hundred years I don't know about a majority, but I would say a great many of those advancements come from war. Mm-hmm. They come from war, and so we—I um, believe it was after the Korean War—whenever snipers were out in the field for uh, days on end and um, not getting enough, uh, not getting enough hydration, and their kidneys would fail, and mm-hmm. so we learned how to, uh, we learned how to uh, do kidney dialysis because of the war. There, wow. There's so many things that we learn in a war that, that advances medical science. And and this has been a big advancement for medical science at the cost of human lives. Yeah. Just like in a traditional war. Wow, that's that's so
0: interesting to think about it in that in that context where it's a there's immense suffering. And we will see the ripple effect of this, for decades, for the rest of our lives, for absolutely the our for lives. the rest of our lives. I'm I'm truly hoping that we're able to latch on to some of these messages of compassion, of of camaraderie and understanding. Like we're all part of this human family, and we're all going through this together. Unfortunately, there are some aspects of our uh, way of thinking, way of interacting that separate us especially when you think of the political component polarization that polarization i am truly hopeful that we're able to make some headway in 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 bringing
1: people back together again and and i think that that you're 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 exactly right i i i know that some people may say oh we're going to talk about compassion well that's really great for nurses right they're supposed to be compassionate but compassion and and empathy, uh, which are not the same, but they are Mm -hmm. adjacent. I I, I think of General Stanley McChrystal, one of the most decorated uh, American war heroes. And he said in his book and in interviews, that he believes that the greatest strength of a leader is empathy. And it's understanding the people that you're trying to lead and their position and their viewpoint And even the people that you are, even the enemy, when you are trying, when you do your best to empathize and understand another human being's position, can't, how can that not bring us closer Mm -hmm. to resolution? What would you say is, has been
0: your experience when it comes to dealing with, with that kind of that kind of friction like whenever you encounter someone uh because you're not devoid of the emotions that come with disagreeing with someone you like we're not we're always going to have those emotions and those passions but in your experience how how do you deal with with that how are you able to keep within due bounds all those emotions and and put yourself in a better position to then be present and compassionate
1: well my brother i will tell you that even though i teach compassion around the country my my family will and i will be the first one to tell you that compassion is not something that comes easy to me Mm -hmm. um i am i am like a lot of people i i have opinions i certainly have opinions Uh, i try to hold those with loose fingers as i as i uh, age and mature, but to say that I don't have emotions, or or to try to have an emotionless uh, response to things, that's not being human. Yeah. We we are human beings. We have emotions. They are they are built into our psyche, into our brains. We have emotions. It's emotions are not bad. Emotions cannot run the show. Mm-hmm. We cannot let emotions dictate good sense in our decision-making processes. Mm-hmm. And that's where, um, I love emotions, you know? I, I'm, I'm somewhat creative, I, uh, in, in my writings, I, I very much try to make my readers feel some of the same emotions that I felt. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I'm not scared of emotions, but what we have to do is to remember that emotions are just emotions. They're not necessarily the truth. They're our experience about what we're experiencing. Wow. So so I just try to always keep that in mind that this is my experience. Yeah. But the person standing right next to me having this quote-unquote same experience due to their background and education and culture, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, They're not having the same experience. We are all not having the same experience, but we are all having a human experience. That's great.
0: That's a great point. I just heard someone uh, talking about that. um, I want to say it was someone who, it it was a transgender uh, Mm -hmm. individual, and he was saying, "I, I don't expect you to understand me you don't have to understand what i'm going through but what i ask is for you to recognize that i am going through you know i'm this is life for me i am going through a human experience yes and i'm dealing with my own things and i'm trying to find myself or 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 really evolve to my become my true self but it's it's we lose sight of that we we lose sight of the fact that you know People, they're going through an experience. They're going
1: through as much difficulty as you may be. Suffering is part of the human experience. Mm -hmm. It just goes part and parcel with having a heartbeat. You are going to suffer. And how how then do we react to that suffering that all humans face? Mm -hmm. And how do we react to that suffering within ourselves? That's a bit of insight that that we have to do, too, because oftentimes it's, it's, it's not so much that people around us need our compassion, it's that we need some self-compassion. I'm an Ooh. entrepreneur, just like you. I drive myself pretty hard, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes it's hard to be compassionate with others if we don't have some degree of compassion for our own selves. Wow, that's a, that's a very good point. Give me an example of something that you
0: feel today you are more compassionate towards yourself about.
1: I know that with my personality, I, I tend to see things very black and white. And obviously this is figurative, not literally. Uh, but I, I, I tend to see things very black and white and that it's either right or it's wrong, it's yeah. broken or it's fixed, and there's not a lot of, of in-between. When I notice myself getting taken out of the moment, uh, as your example with your son, you're trying to think of what's the next question he's going to ask to uh, subvert the question. Is that the right word I'm looking for? Yeah. But uh, but it, sometimes we just need to listen. Yeah.
0: No, that's 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 very that's very powerful, Marcus. Thank you again for your generosity with your time. Anytime for inviting me over to your beautiful studio. May many amazing conversations happen here and reach many many
1: ears. I appreciate you putting that intention and those uh, those wishes out for our for our physical location here. I appreciate that. Thank you. My pleasure, brother. All right. So thank you
0: all for for joining us in in this conversation. Uh, if you have any questions for Marcus, if you have any 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 comments that you want to share, please make sure to go to the comments section of this episode and, and share those with us. I think it's a conversation worth having and I would even go as far as encouraging you. have this conversation with someone close to you. What does compassion mean? What does it mean to be present? What does it mean to not be judgmental and really opening up yourself to to have, a human experience with someone else so thank you again for for watching and for listening and to our supporters on patreon thank you so much for making things like this possible if you want to learn more and gain access to some behind the scenes looks and some extra uh, goodies from the gentleman's brotherhood make sure to go to patreon.com forward slash juan sepulveda And that's it for tonight. Thank you so much again, Marcus. Absolutely. Uh, I, I look forward to our next conversation. And links to my previous conversation with Marcus will be in the description. Make sure to follow his podcast as well. And as always, thank you for listening. And until next time, I wish you courage and courtesy.